0: Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.
1: Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek,
0: for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled.
1: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. These are the first
0: four of the Beatitudes. As Jesus begins to explain to his disciples and to the people listening, what this new kingdom of God is all about. And it is a very clear description of the process one must walk through to enter into the very heart of Jesus Christ. It's a process led by the Holy
1: Spirit. It's not self-help. It's
0: by the Holy Spirit. Poor in spirit, being utterly unable to do anything to improve your situation, coming before God, simply confessing all that you are and all that you are not, and trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ. Blessed are those who mourn, that is, those who begin to weep and cry as they see the wickedness of their own heart, as everything is exposed, and they have no standing except in Jesus Christ. They will be comforted by the presence of the Holy Spirit.
1: Blessed are the humble.
0: Blessed are the humble. A man learns to let go of his pride. A man begins to understand that he is only able to stand by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And his whole attitude and demeanor transform into a different person. And then there is the clear indicator that this man will now seek uh, like a hungry, starving man. He will thirst like a man dying of thirst for righteousness. The word righteousness, of course, simply is innocence. He wants to be innocent before a holy God. He no longer wants to offend this mighty God of heaven. Instead, he wants to come fully into his presence. And so he begins to cry out to
1: God for innocence in his behavior, in his thoughts. And he is given that righteousness. But there's a clear
0: understanding we need to have. And that is that all striving for righteousness is from God. Sometimes that striving for righteousness is out of the human spirit. And it does not accomplish what the man or woman
1: desires. We read, We read about a man. We call him
0: the rich young ruler. He's the young man who drives the the BMW. He's the man who sits on the board. He's the man. He's the man who is important because of his position, because of his money and because of his
1: behavior.
0: It begins with the man coming to Jesus and asking, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments.
1: Which ones? Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not
0: steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. These are the commandments that come from Mount Sinai. This is the law of God.
1: He says, all of these I've kept. What do I still lack? He's wise enough to know that
0: he still lacks something very fundamental. He still lacks something, and he feels it in his spirit, but he can't identify it because He has been collecting goodness all of his life. He's been collecting righteousness all of his life. But it is not the righteousness of the kingdom of God. It is the righteousness of a man who thinks he can earn salvation by what he does.
1: Jesus is is pleased with this man
0: as far as he's gone. But now there is something else that he must do. Remember, Jesus asked at the very beginning, and the rich young ruler did not consider it as he should have. When asked the question, Why are you calling me good? This rich young ruler knows that only God is good. If he'd stopped and considered that question, he would have had to have asked, Who am I speaking with? Who are you, Jesus? Are you God? It would have been interesting to hear Jesus' response, especially if he'd answered, Yes, I am God. I am the creator God. But the rich young ruler had no interest or time in pursuing who Jesus was. His heart is utterly revealed. He is here interested in what he needs in order to punch his ticket that he could enter into the the eternal life
1: above Jesus answered this is in Matthew the
0: 19th chapter verse 21 if you want to be perfect go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure
1: in heaven then come and follow me
0: Jesus loved this young man. We know from other scriptures. His heart went out to him. He gave him an honest answer and a very unusual answer because he is now invited to become one of Jesus' disciples. He's invited to come
1: and follow after Jesus. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. He walked away from Jesus. He walked
0: away from the invitation. He walked away from the invitation to be a disciple of Jesus Christ because his interest was in righteousness. The righteous one was standing before him. The good man was standing before him, but he did not recognize him. He had no spiritual perception.
1: He knew what he wanted.
0: He went and asked Jesus, what do I need to do to receive this? Well, go sell all that you have. Give away all your money,
1: and then come and follow me.
0: After all, Jesus had a money bag. It had an endless supply. Whatever this young man would have ever needed would have been supplied to him, and he would have had the privilege of working with Peter and James and John and the others. He would have had the privilege of walking with the the God of heaven. But that's not what he
1: wanted. He wanted his ticket punched.
0: Now, I share this story with you now, even though you probably know it well. I share it with you here to be very clear that seeking righteousness, as this first beatitude gives us, is not the game changer, it's vital. When a a new Christian is born, it is necessary that that new Christian who is born earnestly seek after righteousness. It means totally letting go of the old behavior of the earth and taking on the behavior of of the heavens. That's a
1: vital part of following Jesus.
0: But the real heart... The game changer is not shared with us until the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Let me read it for you.
1: I'll begin with Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes?
0: See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, of oh, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things.
1: Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you as well.
0: Seek first. Jesus does not say now at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Do not seek first righteousness.
1: Instead, seek first his kingdom. His kingdom. Seek first to belong to the authority, to the majesty, to the kingship of Jesus Christ. In other words, the
0: Heavenly Father rules from His throne, and with Him ruling is Jesus Christ. He's saying, Seek first this kingdom that I'm a part of, that I'm the King of kings and the Lord of lords of. Seek first this heavenly kingdom where the heavenly Father right now sits on the throne, and I will soon be joining him.
1: Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So first recognize that you belong to a to an authority to a power I live in the state of Virginia we have a governor
0: we have laws we have rules I need to subject myself to the laws and to the rules Of the state of Virginia. And I do.
1: But. He's saying seek first. The rules. And the authority. Of the kingdom.
0: Of heaven. Now if you go back. And we're not going to do that today. But if you'll go back to the Sermon on the Mount, you'll find principle after principle clearly enunciated. And these are the principles that will govern the the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the Father. He says you cannot serve two masters. In other words, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a master. He's saying, You cannot serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, or God and wealth. Now, the rich young ruler thought he could serve both, but he could not.
1: And he walked away sad because he had just lost his opportunity for the kingdom of heaven. So you cannot be devoted
0: to both God and money in the kingdom of heaven. That's a a rule of this spiritual
1: kingdom. Again, When you fast, do not look sober, as the hypocrites
0: do. For they disfigure their faces to show men that they're fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I, on and on through all of Matthew 5, 6, 7, these principles are enunciated for this incredible kingdom of heaven that,
1: that now awaits us. He's saying, Seek first this kingdom and his
0: righteousness. That is, obey obey the commands of this new kingdom. You live under new authority. That authority exceeds the state's authority. It exceeds the country's authority.
1: It is the supreme authority of God. Can you wrap your mind around that? Now, let me go
0: back and try to deal with this at a very personal level.
1: There is something I have come to hate with a passion. And that is double-mindedness. I hate double-mindedness. What do I mean? I hate living as a Christian in America. But playing patty cake with the devil on the side. If you look like a duck you walk like a duck you quack like a duck can I make the fair conclusion that you are a duck? I think I can. Here's the problem. We as Christians in America have have become ducks. Oh, we say, no, we're not ducks. We're Christians. Then why do we walk like a duck and act like a duck and quack like a duck? What do I mean? One of the things that Jesus talks about here, let me read it for you. It's here in Matthew, the 7th chapter, verse 15.
0: Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad trees bear bad fruit.
1: Well, what am I saying? Hear me carefully, please. The false prophets of
0: our day come in all kinds of dress. They come as wonderful movies. Oh, Pastor, you need to watch this
1: movie because you'll learn about Jesus. You'll learn about healing. Oh, this is just a really good Christian movie, Pastor. but it's a false prophet. The result
0: of its being watched does not increase your understanding of Jesus. It does not draw your heart closer to Jesus. In fact, it injects a cynicism into your heart that says the word of God isn't quite right. It's not quite true. You can't you can't really trust what it's saying to you. The cynics,
1: mm, they may be partially right. Or you watch the false prophets of the m- I better not even say
0: the movies that have superheroes in them. Can I tell you there is only one superhero and he went to the cross and died on Calvary's tree. And when you watch these superhero movies, you are scorning the one superhero of the universe.
1: Jesus the Christ.
0: And then there are so many other ways that we have synchronistically brought together our faith in Jesus Christ and the behavior that we participate in, the places we go, the activities we engage in that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God.
1: I remember we moved from the country
0: when I was just in the first grade. And we were very poor. And the only place we could find that we could afford at that time was downtown in Sharpsville, Pennsylvania. My brothers and I thought it was cool because there were all kinds of back places to explore.
1: Back alleys and...
0: But we went in one store right on Main Street beside the liquor store and we were in the apartment above the liquor store. I was sleeping on a army cot. I had no bedroom because the two big guys, the two big brothers got the one bedroom And I got the hallway with the army caught. I didn't think that was bad. But we went down the street and there, very close to our home, was a news outlet. It was carrying magazines and newspapers and
1: tobacco. Soft drinks, but it also had
0: a a ping pong machine. I don't know if you understand, if I'm even calling it the right thing, no, it was a pinball machine. And you put your quarter
1: in, you get a, you pull the,
0: you pull the uh, little lever back. And you let it go and and the ball goes up and around and it begins to hit and bounce off things everywhere. And you have levers where you begin to control it.
1: Well, I had a quarter in my pocket. I said, I'm going to play the pinball machine. My dad came looking for us. And he knew right where to go the devil's house, the world. And there he found me wasting my quarter on the pinball machine. He waited until I had finished, and he said, Raymond, you just gave the devil a quarter. I said, Daddy, what's wrong with it? He said, that's the
0: point, Raymond. Everything is wrong with it. You didn't help anybody with your quarter. You can't pay your tithe to Jesus because you spent it on the devil. You didn't learn anything.
1: You were just entertained.
0: He said, Jesus is not pleased. I think you better come home. And we better pray about it, and you need to repent.
1: Well, I soberly walked home. I said, Daddy, I still don't understand. I was just having fun.
0: So my daddy said, Well, I'll pray, and I'm going to ask Jesus to give you understanding. And when you have understanding, then you can repent. The Holy Spirit will show you. Well, needless to say, I never went in the devil's store again because I knew that pinball machine was there, and it was like waving his hand to me and calling me and saying, Ray, come in, come in. And the owner of the store, a tall, bald-headed man, he was waving, Hey, son, come on in, play the pinball machine
1: again. I didn't, but I learned a very valuable lesson, that in our culture, very little of what we do has any eternal impact for heaven, but it has a great impact for hell. We can waste our money.
0: We can accomplish that wasting of money without helping anybody. We can have what is called fun when nowhere in Scripture are we told to go have fun. Fun is something the devil does not something Jesus does. Now, I know as soon as I say this, some of you are rising up and saying, I don't agree with that. Well, I don't care if you agree or not. I'm not saying this for you to agree or disagree. What I'm trying to say to you is that I hate how quickly and how easily my life, in a way, a primitive life in Jesus
1: quickly became
0: mixed in with the world's life that seemed so innocent, but yet there was nothing innocent about it. It just smelled innocent. And I had a hankering in my heart to go out and learn about the world and have a good time.
1: I learned about ambition,
0: about getting ahead in the ministry. It didn't take me long to figure out the game. The man who had the biggest
1: church had the most power.
0: The man who had the biggest church was fond on by everybody. And I quickly became addicted to all of the people saying, What a wonderful pastor I was and inviting me to larger and larger venues to preach. I loved standing in front of thousands of people and and preaching to them and, and having them in the palm of my hand. When I wanted them to laugh, I could make them laugh. When I wanted to make them cry, I could make them cry.
1: Utter sin before God. Utter wickedness before a holy God, and this compromise with
0: wickedness, this this being a part of the world with the world's values, became so ugly to me. I could not stand it. Today, the Lord has made much more clear to me how wicked this seeking ambition
1: is. I tremble coming to preach this word to you. I tremble because
0: I don't want your approval or disapproval to move my heart from the heart of Jesus. I don't want to play to the Christian church.
1: I don't want to play to the secular society. I don't want to play their pinball machines. Neither do I want to play the pinball machines of the church.
0: The church today is a business. If you play by the modern church's rules, you can be very, very successful. And you can preach to
1: thousands. But don't tell them that they have to live for the kingdom of God and not for the kingdom of their own heart.
0: Don't tell them that they have to give up everything to follow Jesus. Oh, don't tell them that or they will
1: walk away. Can I ask you, do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Do you recognize what I'm speaking about? Do you play the church game, Mr. Pastor?
1: Do you play the church game? One leader that I will not recognize or identify
0: was president of the National Association of Evangelicals. I listened to him preach.
1: Some years ago, he said, look, being a pastor is a game.
0: When somebody goes to the hospital, you rush to the hospital. Now, maybe they broke their leg. It may be they hurt their toe. He said, it doesn't really matter why they're in the hospital. It only matters that you were the first one there to visit them and that you prayed with them and that you kept coming back every day. You came back and made a pastoral visit. Now, he said, what's happening as you make those pastoral visits, you're earning your your points. And then when they're well, they'll tell everyone what a wonderful pastor you are. And they'll tell how you kept coming to the to the hospital and visiting them and talking with them and laughing with them and and telling jokes. We love our pastor because he's one of us. And you can earn a lot of points, he said. And then at some point down the road, something is going to happen in the church, and somebody's not going to be pleased with you. And then you're going to be up for discussion. But all of those people that you visited in the hospital, all of those people you took care of, they're going to all pop up and they're going to say, we love our pastor. You leave him alone. Well, Jonathan Edwards, it proved true. He wouldn't go to their social events and their parties. Instead, he stayed in his study where he cried out to God for holiness. We cried out to God for how he could change his church. Where he cried out to God he needed a new heart.
1: He cried out to God for revival. And when he preached sinners in the hands of an angry God, All of those people that he had no chits with,
0: no points, they yawned. But later he went and preached that same sermon to another congregation, and the Holy Spirit fell in power.
1: And he helped ignite. The first great awakening in America. And with that great American awakening, he helped prepare the way
0: for the Revolutionary War against England. Without Jonathan Edwards' sinners in the hands of an angry God, there would not have been an American Revolution.
1: And then over some silly, to to most, issues, his church fired him.
0: And he went off and humbly began teaching native Indian children from the Bible how to read. And then he was invited to go to Princeton University as their president.
1: His work was finished. Soon after that, he took a vaccination that the medical people said everyone needed to take. And he died.
0: What am I trying to say to you today? I want you and I want my heart to search after the kingdom
1: of heaven, the kingdom of the heavenly father.
0: I don't want to run after all those things that the pagans want. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Where am I going to live? What car am I going to drive? What am I going to do for fun tonight? Some of you have wasted so much time as I have playing Monopoly or playing cards
1: or playing Risk or some other foolish game, just having fun. No,
0: it was not just having fun. It was walking in the ways of this world and not seeking after the kingdom of God. It was not the reading of the word, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And then we wonder, why is there no Holy Spirit power in the church today? Because we have not spent any time searching after the Holy Spirit. We've spent the time searching after our own pleasures the desires of our hearts, our own entertainment, our own ambition,
1: our own desire to make a million. We've had no desire for the kingdom of heaven. But he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I've made a vow in my heart that I
0: will only seek the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Ray Greenley, not the kingdom of some denomination or some church. I will seek the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I've laid aside the
1: movies and the novels I've laid aside the television. I've laid aside the monopoly and the risk. I want Jesus and his kingdom. And I want his righteousness. I don't want my own way. Therefore,
0: verse 24, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, that's where the hard part is.
1: Letting go of the world, the flesh and the devil. That's where the hard part is. Therefore, everyone who hears these words
0: of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on
1: the rock. My brother, my
0: sister, where is your foundation? It's where you go to spend your leisure time. It's where you go for conversation of foolishness. It's where you go to play the pinball machines, whether that's your new computer, Your game, boy? Where do you go to play your leisure time? Is that building on the foundation of the rock? Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish
1: man who built his house on the sand.
0: The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I can tell you out of the years of my own life, the rains will come, and the winds will blow, And the ferocious attacks of the devil will come, particularly in the early morning hours. Telling you that you're a liar. Telling you that you cannot trust in the God of heaven. Telling you that you must go your own way and discover your own path. Telling you that you have a right to go enjoy whatever you can enjoy in this life the devil will come and ferociously attack you and say you're going to die. You will not make it. Your case is hopeless.
1: You cannot be healed. But when the winds come and the rains blow and
0: strike your house, if you've Built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and His righteousness.
1: Your house will stand, and it'll be with great joy that you, in the safety of the Ark of Jesus Christ, trust His presence.
0: I wore this black shirt and jacket today for a a very specific reason. As I awakened this morning, the devil spoke and he said, they will bury you in that jacket because you are going to die. I turned my full attention to him and said, you're a liar from the pit of hell. Now leave in the name of Jesus Christ my God reigns, my God reigns,
1: and I trust what he's doing. Let's pray. Lord, I come today, the lying
0: words of Satan ring in my ears. He is confident that Jesus will not do what he has promised he would do.
1: But I have the sure
0: word of Jesus that by his stripes I am healed, that he carried my
1: infirmities and my pain, that I can trust him. I have the sure word of God that says, Command this mountain to be cast into the depths of the sea. And I have the faith of God to believe and know that it will be done for
0: me. I praise the name of Jesus. I stand against the pinball machines of the devil. I stand against the lies of Satan.
1: I will not pursue
0: his casual wickedness. I recognize we stand in a desperate time on the edge of war. Every day the the sounds of war increase and this lifestyle that we have so comfortably enjoyed is going to be smashed on the rocks
1: of the devil. But Lord, I built my house on the rock Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to give way. I'm not going to change positions. I'm not going to agree that the devil has said I would die. I'm going to live and walk in the joy of the Lord. Lord, I thank you today. I pray in your holy name. Amen.
0: Now, Lord, I want to talk to you about some brothers and sisters. The devil came to them also. I pray that you will give them the courage, even as you gave me the courage, to cast the devil out and say, you are a liar. Your word is false. The word of Jesus Christ is true. You do heal today. The promises of Scripture are absolute. You are not a God who says, well, maybe, maybe not. No, you are a yes and no God. No to sin, yes to righteousness. You are a God who hears our cries and you answer and you are a God who delivers us from the attacks of Satan. You are a God who delivers us from our own mistakes. You are a God who delivers us. I praise you and worship you and honor you, Jesus. I love you with all my heart. I thank you for the wonderful joy of being a part of your kingdom and seeing the glorious things that you are doing for the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on Calvary. Thank you, mighty one of Israel. I now speak healing to every person broken before the devil. I rebuke you, Satan. You leave that person alone. They belong to Jesus Christ. I claim them for the kingdom. And I claim their healing in the name of Jesus, healing of both mind, body, and spirit. And I thank you, Jesus, by your blood. And, Lord, I ask that every person who says yes and amen to this prayer would be sheltered under the blood of Jesus Christ right now, that their hearts would be encouraged and they would stand. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I want you to make progress in
1: righteousness, but only for
0: the kingdom of heaven, only because you love Jesus, and only because you ask Jesus to do this majestic work in your heart, and you trust him
1: to do it. Now we're coming to the
0: end of my week. I look forward to the day soon when we can pray again together. I'm not well enough to do that yet. The haze of pain has just been too great.
1: You can write to me, Pastor Ray Greenlee, National Prayer Chapel,
0: Post Office Box 23. 46, Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 That's Pastor Ray Greenly. National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 You can also go to our webpage nationalprayerchapel.com I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. You've been a great encouragement to my heart. You've walked faithfully with me. I praise God. The devil said, oh, everybody will disappear. No, you haven't. Thank you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.